Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stoffer and Mark Spector joining you live from Rogers Place. Brendan Escott back at the 630 Chad Studios. We want to tell you that uh, guests in the show receive gift certificates to Roost Chris Steakhouse. Whether you're celebrating a special moment or simply savoring a night on the town, every meal is an occasion at Roost Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. It's the greatest steak you've ever had. Tell Brendan and Chris that Oilers now sent you. We will do NHL today uh, at 135 and then get to our one-on-one conversation with Oilers netminder Jack Campbell, along with some additional comments from Oilers GM Ken Holland. Thank you very much. It's great having the guys from the security team here to uh, get the lights on for us in the building. That's going to help out. Bob, you've been operating the dark for years. I don't see how today was any different. Yes, that was the obvious line that was there. And if ever there's a guy that's going to deploy the obvious line, it is going to be Mark Spector. Sports Dance back for the horses and horse racing Alberta, who are, are continuing. Uh, we announced our team yesterday. Uh, we up Graded on Tuesdays by bringing in Frank Cervalli. You knew there had to be uh, Cervalli. There had to be a... Uh, so John Shannon remains with us on Mondays. Uh, Shannon will make an appearance later in the week. Uh, Mar- uh, Frank Cervalli on Tuesdays. Mark Spector will join us Wednesdays. He'll continue to do a hit most days Friday. And uh, Thursdays, Louis DeBrusque. Fridays, Elliot Friedman as well. Sportsnet's back for the horses and horse racing Alberta presenting live thoroughbred racing Fridays and Saturdays at Century Mile Racetrack and Casino. Parking at admission are free for more info visit thehorses.com and, and you just said to me stoff we're uh this is going to be our home away from the home yeah. for uh the next several months and i guess the question is how many are we are we looking at 10 months here uh, we can only hope dare to dream but that would be impressive if we could get into uh june uh because that'll mean uh, this year that the orders would be in the stanley cup final the season starting on time but it yeah. does start anew today let's get after it yeah i just saw a thing on twitter with uh veteran reporter steve wino talking to to Connor McDavid and uh, Nathan McKinnon and Darcy Kemper, and they all said, you know, the summer was so short that you kind of, when you started training, you were still in shape, and it, it, you know, they all three guys were happy to have a short summer, and and I feel coming back here as a journalist, you know, this fall, it doesn't seem like two months ago we were here, Bob. It seems more like about three weeks ago we were wrapping up that Colorado series. Uh, last season seems to be going right into this one, and uh, you know what? When the team's good and there's success, it, who doesn't want to work, right? Who doesn't right. want to be around it? A- absolutely. So today, just so everybody's aware, the Oilers made Evander Kane and Darnell Nurse available along with Edmonton Oilers general manager Ken Holland, which mm-hmm. was an extensive 41-minute availability. <laughs> just before we get to some of your top storylines, Give me your perspective on what was gleaned out of the conversation with Ken, uh, Ken Holland. What were sort of the reoccurring themes that you picked up on? Uh, he's really setting something up here where there's a lot of internal uh, competition. I think he used some euphemism for that about five times uh, in reference to many players, starting with Jesse Pugliarvi. You know, Jesse's there's a spot in the team for Jesse Pugliarvi. There might be a spot in the top six for Jesse Pugliarvi, but he's got to get in here and take it. He kept talking about how a player's got to grab his piece of the pie and hang on to it, or some other player is going to take it away from him, and that's why you have a good team. So uh, I think that is the case. You know, there's there's a couple extra wingers here. A guy like Jake Furtan, and he's coming in here with absolutely no guarantees whatsoever. 
Uh, you know, a guy like Warren Fogel has no guarantees whatsoever. In fact, there was some talk Bobby might be uh, seeing some time on the right side, which I thought was interesting. All right. Uh, well, let's get the elephant out of the room here because we haven't had you on since the Oilers announced the PTO uh, with Jake Vertanen on the show, which mm-hmm. it, uh, they announced it on Monday while you and me were both still in Penticton wrapping up a Young Stars tournament, which, by the way, the Oilers again looked pretty good in uh, and they're thirteen oh and two uh, since the 2013 uh, disaster, uh, and wow. there was a focus since then on the type of players, uh, and, and I think there's been an emphasis on skill, and I think you can sometimes look at different organs. Calgary obviously likes heavy and physical, and the Oilers have a, you know an mm-hmm. impetus for skill, uh, but I'm, 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 let's just take care of this right here, right now. My take on Vertanen, uh, he was found not guilty, Okay, he gets the privilege of getting another chance here. Mark, I believe it's going to be a long shot for him to make the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club, just uh, based on uh, my viewings of him as a player before. Yep. Yep. Uh, and the fact that he didn't exactly kill it over in Russia. That said, there was something there with the players several years ago when he was a six overall pick. I remember watching him play because we weren't sure where the Oilers were going to draft back in 2014. And that was the year that uh, Sam Reinhart lit up the Calgary Hitmen. Uh, in the uh, WHL uh, playoffs, and I think Reinhardt had, he might have had 18 points in the six games. I digress. That's my take. My take is, okay, he's he's he, he was found not guilty. Uh, it is a, he's been given the privilege of the opportunity. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's a long shot. He makes the team. I'd like to get your take. Yeah, I think that strictly as a player, uh, Ken Holland said today, he's not coming here to, to compete for a top six job. He has to compete for a bottom six job. A bottom six player needs to spend some version, some time on special teams, and it's very important that a bottom six player is sound defensively. Fertan is not coming here to play in the power play, and he's not ever been a penalty killer in the National Hockey League. So if, if there's no special teams that, that he walks into, uh, his defensive work in his career thus far has not been strong. The analytics on him defensively are poor. They're below average. So uh, all of those things point to a guy that's going to have a hard time making the team. I guess uh, if you want to hear the counter-argument, Bob, we've seen a lot of guys who get drafted high and everybody in their market looks at Like Jesse Pugliarvi. We all look at Jesse as a fourth overall. The next town he goes to, they don't care where he got drafted. Zach Cassian, right? He's a first-round pick in Buffalo. He gets traded to Vancouver for Cody Hodgson, a first-round pick. Everyone's looking at him for to be a first-round player. By the time he got to Edmonton, Zach Cassian was a third, fourth-line right-winger and had some success in that limited role. Can Jake Furtanen take less expectation, way less money, and a way lesser of a role in a hockey team, not top six, not superstar, not young prospect, none of that stuff, come here, just be a plugger on the third side right wing. I guess we're going to find out if you can be that player, Bob. There you go. And guys can repair their reputation and reinvent themselves. That can happen all the time in life. Not just in sport, but in everyday life as well. And it's interesting, one guy that reinvented himself, and he's he's always been a hard-working, honest guy. He's had an unbelievable NHL career. He just won a Stanley Cup. But Andrew yeah, Cogliano spent four years with the Oilers, okay? And when he was here in Edmonton, he would say to me, you know, stop. I'm, I I got drafted in the first round. I'm a top six player. Supposed to be a top, top six, six player. player. He goes now. He was in an Oilers organization that, frankly, 
wasn't great when he was here. That wasn't very good. He goes to he Anaheim. wasn't a top six player. He goes to Anaheim, and he accepts being a third line player, a winger, mostly a winger, mostly a winger, and etches out a wonderful career. Eleven hundred games. I would take him on my team tomorrow. He's still in the league playing for Colorado. He got another. I'll be honest with you. You know, yeah. I was monitoring him when he was with San Jose last year, yeah. and there are may could have taken him, could have used him, could have used him, yeah. right? And but he, so he's the ultimate example of the guy for who, who. It's one thing for all of us around the player to change their expectations. You know, I've told this story. Jim Matheson said to Andrew Cogliano, "Maybe you should play kind of like Toddy Marchant plays. Maybe you should just be a fast penalty killer." Hard hurt. telling a 22-year-old kid. And that. Cogliano looked at him like he had three heads, and I get it. So my point is this, Bob. It's one thing for all of us to say these things about Jake Furtanen. Here's what you need to be. Here's how you need to play. Unless he buys in and believes it, like Cogliano eventually did, doesn't matter what we think. So so here's the thing with Furtanen. He is big. He's had issues in the past staying 100% NHL fit. Okay, I think we know that. That's fair. That's a, that's but he's a bigger... fact, Bob. He's a bigger guy that can skate. Okay? If he commits to banging... Uh, being physical, you know, making sure that he's got a physical impetus on the ice. Yep. Okay. Get you 10 goals. And then works on becoming a penalty killer. He can become a very useful bottom six forward in in the NHL. Well, here's the things he does that we know for sure. His size is excellent. He's got good size. He's an excellent skater, above average skater, and an above average shot. Right. Okay. So is Ben Eager. All of those things, right? Except Ben Eager could fight. Jake can't fight. Okay. You're right. But I'm not different, talking about fight. Different ben gener- Eager had all those skills. Ben Eager, could fight ben Eager couldn't help you. Ben, ben Eager never figured out how to really help you, Bob, yeah. other than fighting. He really never figured yeah. it out. Zach Cassian has all those skills. He's big. He's fast. He can shoot it. The last couple few years here, he didn't help much. So so Jake Furtanen has the skills and the basis of a player that can help you. Uh, he's got to figure out how to help an NHL team, yeah. and he better figure it out quick. Yeah, well, and he's been give, he's been given an opportunity. Yes, we'll see what happens with him. Fair. Some would say you guys have talked way too much about a guy who may or may not be on a team. Yeah. So let's uh, let's get into storylines because you wrote a piece yesterday, a bit on uh, a, a bit on some interesting things to watch, and I, you use the same terminology that I use regarding Dylan Holloway. Yes, he, he has entered the chat. He has entered the chat. And I look at left wing, and that was before Ken Holland spoke today. I did not know that Ken Holland was going to basically infer during the course of the context of a 41-minute avail today <laughs> yeah. that, uh, you know what, Zach Hyman, you know, yeah, he's a right shot. Because most of us thought, well, Kane will go with McDavid and Hyman. But it's looking like Hyman's probably going to stay on the left wing. Well, that, figure that out. If 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 it's Kane's on left wing at the on McDavid's line all day long, if Hyman's on left wing on Drysaddle's line, that tells me that Ryan Nugent Hopkins is playing center on the third line. That's what I think. So is it going to be McLeod, or is there an opportunity with the guy you oh. talked about yesterday? Dylan Holloway. And what did the GM say today about Dylan Holloway's deployment? It's an either-or situation. Either he's playing in the top nine because he ain't playing seven minutes a game on the fourth line, or he's going to end up in the American Hockey League. Okay, so let's let's say just for fun he's good enough to make your third-line left winger. So who's our fourth line left winger on this team? Is it McLeod? Is it it can't? That's well, why McLeod we're talking about McLeod will be four C in that scenario. If Nugent okay, Hopkins is a third line center, I guess are we are we happy? 
if we don't like playing Holloway on the first on the fourth line and giving him eight nine. Well, minutes, I'm, I, I'm will saying McLeod get more time as a fourth line center I, on this team. I, I'm saying that what we could foresee, and, and you can text us. So Ken Holland also sort of talked about Fogle getting an opportunity in right wing. Okay. Sure. So if Kane and Hyman are your first two left wings, and we're assuming McDavid and Drysaddle are your first two centers, does that mean Nugent Hopkins is the third center? Does that open up the the the, the mechanism or window in place for Dylan Holloway, third line left wing? Well, that means it's a slam dunk, McLeod. And by the way, are you concerned at all that McLeod won't be in the lineup on opening day? No, I'm not. Still not. I mean, my guess is this thing might be done in 24 hours. Yeah. Well, I think you said to me yesterday they have right now they only have 800,000 for him. If I'm McLeod's agent, I don't think they have. I, I don't even know if they have. Like, yeah, they got 800k. Whatever. Okay. That's that's if that's what they have for him. If I'm McLeod's agent, I've I deserve a little bit better than that. He's a one million dollar player. So at the end of the day. The agent and, and Ken Holland can say, look, we're going to give you 150 less than you deserve this year. We're going to do a one-year deal. We'll catch up to you next year. We can do those things. Those things happen all the time. Yeah. Uh, Ken Holland said today it's probably going to be a one-year deal for McLeod. So this might be that situation where they go, look, kid, it's a tough cap this year. We're, uh, we're India for 150 this time. We'll make sure you get it back next time. So based on what you saw in Penticton, hmm? Holloway's in a pretty good position to make the team, isn't he? Yeah, but that's just Penticton. It he was, is. He just... was the best guy in Penticton. That's awesome. Okay, you've been there before. When's another guy been like that? Yeah, that? we've we talked, Bob. A lot of the best players. I mean, McDavid only played one game there, but he right. really didn't stand out that much. Taylor Hall didn't stand out that much. Uh, Darnell Nurse, Nurse stood out because he was bigger and tougher than everyone, but he didn't play. Darnell played three tournaments, 18, yeah. 19, and 20. Yeah. Like, uh, didn't know Dylan was 20 yeah. at this tournament. Broberg right? was very good there, but he didn't really stand out as the best Dry player. Dreisaitl played as an 18 and 19 there. It's kind of funny how it works. The guys that are going to go to the NHL, let's say Broberg this year, he just doesn't want to get hurt and mess up his camp, Bob. He's in Penticton saying, I'm going to be good. I'm going to stop, play well defensively, but I'm not doing too much here because I don't want to screw this up. So then you get guys like Hamlin who have everything to prove, and he was awesome there. Right? He was in on everything. He was hitting guys. He was, you know, he was really ambitious, a good player. And so was Holloway. And so was Holloway. So... Let's see, you know. I would how about this how about this terminology? Dylan Holloway was the most complete we've ever seen a player there in that tournament because uh-huh. he he was yep. on the penalty kill. He was their power play wasn't very good in that tournament. He was the best guy on the power play. He's the guy that made the plays on the power play. Yep. He scored a shorthanded goal. He had multiple opportunities off the rush. He was hunting pucks. He was skating through guys when he hit them and that's how yep. you knock yep. guys on their asses and by skating. Even strength the line with Bargo Hamlin and dominated. They dominated. They were the three of them together. The other teams just couldn't really handle. Like you, if, if you were there in those, you're thinking because you're projecting because you go there in that tournament and they're sitting there showing all the guys that have been here before and you're thinking, geez, there's some pretty good players there. I left that, and I I didn't think I'd be saying this before, but I left that tournament saying, you know what, and and I guess I preface this by saying that I have communicated with a couple of the players who said, yo, stuff. Holloway's looking pretty good. Mm-hmm. Like they're like, he's looking pretty good here. Okay, so, so I've got that in the back. Then sure. we go to the tournament, and he's the best guy. And I'm thinking, you know what? How did he look on a third line, hypothetically playing with Nugent Hopkins and Fogel? Great, that's awesome, right? And, and then McLeod's your then McLeod's your fourth line center with speed, yeah. playing with a couple of veterans like Yanmark and Derek Ryan. 
Yeah, that's a nice sounding lineup, to be honest with you. It's a good lineup. Uh, now, let's let's rein this in to say there's so, there's about four more levels here. 100%. There's the level when preseason starts. Faircom. There's the level in game six, seven, and eight of the preseason, a little bit higher. Then the season starts. They're fully veteran lineups. That's another level yet. Then we get into whatever it is. Bob, is it halfway through November around Grey Cup? Now everybody's up to speed and playing. There's a new level there. So let's see what level Holloway can be, you know, can can hang with these guys. Maybe you can hang with them right till Christmas. I've seen a lot of kids who hang real nicely in the preseason and two weeks into the season, it, they're not ready. Yeah, it, I don't know if he's that guy. He has to prove to me that he's not. It was really, it was it was sort of interesting, sort of the subtle little, and you had to pay attention to what Ken Holland was, was saying. Yes. Because you got the sense that he didn't place too much of an emphasis on the rookie tournament, but then you're also trying to figure out the machinations when he was talking about the other specific players. Hyman being a left wing. Uh, Fogle getting a chance on the right side. Flop, flopping over to the right, you're kind of like, okay, well, I guess that makes sense. Because I had Hyman I had Hyman at right wing. We did. And, and the other thing, that Ken, Ken talked about a top six, and I have a top five. I don't have a top six. He, these are my five top forwards. Okay, McDavid, Drysaddle, Nugent Hopkins, Hyman, and Kane. They're top six forwards all day. I'm not 100% going to just hand Yamamoto the top six delineation over over Yessa Pugliarvi because for the first 28 games last year, Pugliarvi was better than Yamamoto. And then down the stretch, Pugliarvi got nicked. First he had COVID and then he had the lower body issue. And Yamamoto came on and ended up scoring 20 goals. But I I don't think either guy can be slugged in as a top six guy at this time. They're sort of middle six forwards. Right, middle six. I think the only no-doubter every guy in the league would say the same thing top six right wing the Edmonton Oilers have right now is Zach, uh, Zach Hyman I think he's the only guy but does he prefer playing the left well, side if he's not going to play on the right wing now you're talking about we've had we talked this last week do you load up your top six or do you have pairs right do you have McDavid and Keane do you have Dreisaitl and Hyman do you have uh, Nugent Hopkins and Holloway let's say and then fill in on that right side with whoever I'm going to throw a scenario at you Hmm. Okay. I'm just going to put this out there, and we'll see what people think here. And you can text us on the Ashley Pine Floors text line at 780-496-0063. Who did Zach Hyman kill penalties mostly with last season? I don't even remember. Nuge? Nuge. Yeah. Okay. How did Evander Kane look with Connor McDavid? Yeah, great. Okay. He hasn't had a guy like that. That, that like, you know what? Okay, so dry settle. Let's throw dry settle and McDavid out together because you don't have the same depth when they play together five v five, and yeah. it was out of injury and necessity in the playoffs that they played together. Yeah. So let's say you play McDavid with uh, Kane and who? Kane. Just, just we're talking tandems. Okay, he's got Kane. Dry settle gets uh, Yamamoto. Okay, and Nugent Hopkins gets Hyman. So who the who does that put in position? Potentially to be on the left side with Drysaddle and Yamamoto. Yeah, Holloway. Holloway becomes the guy, and that's and then you got yeah. Fogle. You got to run this kid in and make him a top six left winger right away. And then you put Fogle in. Then you put Fogle on the right side with Hyman and Nugent Hopkins, and then you end up in a scenario where Poliarvi is with uh, McDavid and Kane. Now the Poliarvi fans will love that. The other thing will, and, and hey, I'm, I'm going to be completely, the other thing it potentially does for you is if Paul Yarby starts with Kane and McDavid, it can't help his productivity out of the gate. 
Okay. It will help his productivity. Yeah. Sure. I mean, it's not going to hurt his productivity out of the gate no. if he's going to play with those two guys. He'll get no points question. by happenstance. He will. Um, I, I've said it. I'm not moving off my position on Poyarvi. I don't think the best thing for him is to put him in that position. I don't. He lost his confidence last year for two thirds of the season because he was playing with McDavid and and nothing was happening for him. And he completely lost his confidence by the end of the season. He's playing eight minutes. He needs to play with guys that aren't the best player in the world. I don't even care as much how many points he gets, Bob. I want to see a guy that'll carry the puck through two zones when he has to. I, don't, I want to see a guy that's not getting rid of the puck all the time as fast as he did at the end of the year. He couldn't keep it on a stick for a short enough time before he wanted to move it. He needs confidence. I think he'll get his confidence better playing with Nugent Hopkins and Hyman. Be great on that line. When we come back, those of us that forget the past are forever condemned to repeat it. Yes. And we're going to talk a bit about a guy that Dry Settle once looked pretty good with and whether or not there's similarities with somebody. Uh, we'll do that after we uh, take a quick timeout. It is currently 12.54 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers now. That's rather apropos. Doing who's in town. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper, Brendan Escott, Mark Spector's with us for the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta Live Thoroughbred Racing Friday and Saturday at Century Ra- uh, Mile Racetrack and Casino Parking and Admission are free. Uh, visit uh, thehorses.com for more info. Yeah, we've got a great Oilers road trip coming up this year with New West Travel. You can join Oilers now in New York City this November. You'll see the Oilers play the Rangers and the Islanders, plus an opportunity to watch the famous Macy's Thanksgiving Parade this New York Pack. Package includes airfare, five nights in a deluxe hotel in Times Square, lower bowl game tickets. We're going to do a welcome reception with yours truly for the orders now. New York Hockey Tour. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. All right, Spec. Uh, did Dylan Holloway at any point, just that, that lower center gravity skating style, mm-hmm. the speed, a little bit of the skill, the shot, Remind you at all? I mean, like, Taylor Hall was the number one overall pick. Mm-hmm. Like, they're a little bit... Like, when he got drafted at 14, I looked at his numbers and I thought, oh, Marty Reasoner went 14th, this guy goes 14th. Reasoner was a real good offensive player in BC, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. right? And Marty ended up reinventing himself after he yeah. left St. Louis, right? And I thought, well, maybe Holloway's third. And don't forget, Holloway was playing center then. But did he remind you at all of Taylor Hall? Um, visually, a little bit. I think that's an interesting comparison. You know, I don't think they're the same player. Uh, I think that... You know, the issue with Hall was he, when he got the puck and got going with it, he he wasn't great at using his teammates. Yeah. Right? I think that's clear. He did win a Hart Trophy. He did win a Hart Trophy. I'm, I'm talking about as, as a younger player. I think yeah. he figured it out along the way. Yeah. Uh, I think at this stage of the game, Holloway is not as dynamic an offensive player, but I think he's probably – he has um, – more awareness on the ice, from what I can see. How do you think Taylor... Do you recall how Taylor Hall looked during the 15-16 season with Leon Dreisaitl? He looked pretty damn good on that line. They, they were a good tandem together. Sure. Two good players. Of course they are. You know? I mean, Hall... Listen, Hall spent the first, what, two seasons, three seasons at Edmonton trying to figure out how to play a month without getting a hit so bad that all his equipment was lying at center ice. <laughs> Remember? Yeah. Like, he got hit hard. Also. Drew Doughty got him the worst. Oh, my God. He got hit every couple months. He got taken apart. He figured it out, right? He grew up, kept okay. his head up a little bit, knew that every... It's much like Connor McDavid, who w- went to the net so hard when he started there was an injury waiting to happen. Now he picks his spots, right? He's smart. All I'm saying is 
Dry Settles had success playing with a fast left wing before. Sure. This guy's a fast left wing. Okay. And he's got idea. right. I'm just, I'm just. When I heard Candidate, I was thinking, hmm. And nothing set in stone. It's not like I know what the lines are going to be, but it was a little bit interesting. Well, I think the only guy that really knows what the lines are going to be is Jay Woodcroft, and it might not cha- Ken Hall, and it might change opponent by opponent, game by game. Yeah. Well, here's and here's the thing: when you're the orders, Bob, for me is. You ha- you start out with plan A, but there's got to be a plan B. It's difficult to if you load your top six up with all your best guys and you're losing three one in the third period. What are you going to do? Take your best guys apart? Doesn't work that well. If you go in pairs and you have depth and you're leading three or losing three one late in the game, now you change your lines. You put everybody in the top six, and who knows? You might tie it up getting overtime. All right. Well, they're going to have some options. Uh, there's no question about that at forward. When we come back, we're going to talk a bit about the defense and how that's going to shake down. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell.